Welcome back to the Der Show. Uh, you know, when uh, President, former President Trump was impeached the first time, and I was one of his lawyers on the floor of the Senate, I made a prediction. I think I made it to the Senate, and I certainly made it in the media, that if the criteria for impeachment that the Democrats uh, allege, namely obstruction of Congress and abuse of power, neither of which are in the Constitution, was allowed to go forward, that uh, we're going to see the Republicans do the same thing when they take over the House of Representatives. Uh, the, the rule now is the criteria for impeachment is if you can. Uh, if you can do it, if you have the votes, uh, do it. Nobody seems to care about the Constitution, uh, not academics who um, supported Trump's impeachment and not... not uh, people on the other side when the shoe was on the other foot. So I predicted that Republicans would try to use the same lack of criteria to impeach the next Democratic president. Well, as usual, my predictions have come true. Now, several Republicans have introduced um, resolutions to impeach um, President uh, Joe Biden. Uh, they won't succeed in this session because obviously the House is under the control of Democrats and Nancy Pelosi won't bring any impeachment resolutions to the floor. But if, if the Republicans do manage to win the House, and that's seeming to be increasingly unlikely, the Democrats are picking up a lot of steam as the result of the reversal of Roe versus Wade and other developments, and also because um, Biden seems to be uh, doing a, a much better job during uh, the last couple of months. So the Democrats now have a real shot at retaining control of the House. But if they don't, if the Republicans win, even by a narrow a majority, you can be sure that these resolutions will be brought to a vote. Um, for example, a Representative Good of Virginia, Republican representative, said, I have consistently said that President Biden should be impeached for opening our borders and making America less safe. And the extremist um, uh, Republican Marjorie Daley Greene has said that Joe Biden should have been impeached as soon as he was sworn in. That's what Professor Lawrence Tribe, uh, my former colleague, said about Donald Trump. Uh, even before he was in office, um, but, uh, uh, Tribe said he should be impeached. And uh, Tribe and Green are very similar. They're, they're both extremists, one on the left and one on the right, and they both make extreme statements. And people on the right, many of them uh, support Green because she's trying to get Biden, and many on the left supported uh, Trump, um, sorry, Tribe, because he wanted to get he wanted to get Trump. So today, the criteria that are being used seem to have nothing to do with what the framers of the Constitution set out as the criteria for impeachment. Both the Democrats and the Republicans are wrong. The Democrats who, many of them, majority of them, uh, who wanted to impeach and remove Trump were wrong. They employed um, unconstitutional criteria, even though 500 law professors wrote a letter saying Dershowitz was wrong. You don't need criminal-like behavior to impeach a president. No, they were wrong. I was right. Uh, I read all the documents involving uh, the debates over 
the meaning of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, and I was right. But 500 law professors said I was wrong. I'm used to that. And now that the shoe may be on the other foot, we're going to see the same thing. Um, we're going to see that uh, Republicans are going to try to impeach um, President Biden. They're not going to allege that he committed any crimes because he hasn't. Uh, but they will allege that he was guilty of malfeasance in office for the way troops exited Afghanistan, malfeasance in office for the way in which the wall uh, was not built and people are coming in from Mexico, including unvaccinated uh, people and a range of other non-criminal maladministrations will be alleged. Well, during the debate over the uh, impeachment provisions of the Constitutional Convention, um, one delegate uh, introduced a resolution calling for impeachment on the basis of maladministration. And James Madison, the father of the Constitution, the most important draftsman of the Constitution, strongly objected to that, essentially saying maladministration is so broad, if the House were allowed to impeach on maladministration, it would turn us into the British parliamentary system, where a simple vote of the parliament is enough to get rid of a prime minister. No, 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 we don't want that. We want a strong executive, uh, one that is not beholden to the legislature. And so they introduced very daunting criteria for impeachment, perhaps too daunting, but very daunting criteria, treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors, meaning criminal type behavior. We needed to amend the constitution because it was too rigid. Uh, we introduced the 25th amendment because the impeachment provisions in the original constitution didn't take into account a president who goes crazy, a president who is ill, who's had a stroke like Woodrow Wilson. And so the 25th Amendment had to amend the provisions about impeachment to say, well, we're not going to impeach a sick president, but we're going to remove him from office. But to do that, you need bipartisan support. You need his own people in the cabinet to support it. You need a very large number of people in the legislature to support it. But, you know, uh, it, the, the lesson is clear and the history is clear that uh, nobody wanted a system where uh, Congress could just impeach a president because they wanted to or because they had the power to do it. Alexander Hamilton called that the greatest danger in, in, in Federalist Papers. He said that what he feared most is that because impeachment is so divisive and it just people support or oppose the person impeached, and many of them do it on partisan grounds, that he was fearful that the greatest danger would be that removal for a president would turn not on his guilt or innocence, but on how many votes he can get from his party and the opposing party. And uh, that was Hamilton's nightmare. And we're seeing that nightmare come true by both parties. Both parties are neglecting the will of the framers of our constitution. So you know, the answer is clear. Donald Trump should not have been impeached and Joe Biden should not be impeached. So everybody's going to hate me again, again, because half the country thinks um, Biden should be impeached and Trump shouldn't have been impeached. And the other half of the country thinks that Trump should have been impeached and Biden shouldn't be impeached. Uh, you know, I think neither should be impeached. That doesn't make me friends because everybody thinks one of them should be impeached and one of them shouldn't. They just disagree as to which one. The only consistent answer, the only one that's 
consistent with the Constitution itself, is that neither should be impeached. The only president ever properly sought to be impeached by Congress was Richard Nixon, not Andrew Johnson, not Bill Clinton, not Donald Trump, and not Joe Biden. Richard Nixon, yes. Richard Nixon committed high crimes and misdemeanors. He committed obstruction of justice and bribery. And the reason that he ultimately was forced to resign is because the leaders of his own party came to him and said, we are going to vote for your impeachment and removal. And the only hope you have of preserving your dignity and not being removed is if you resign. And so he did resign. That was the only proper use of impeachment in American history. It used to be that impeachment was done only on an emergency basis. In the first hundred and something years of our existence as a country, it was used only once against the president, Andrew Johnson. And history has proved that that was a misuse. What Johnson did was a mistake, but it was not criminal in nature. And the Senate uh, voted against removing him only by one vote. And it was close, and it could have established a terrible, terrible precedent, especially since the Supreme Court ultimately ruled in an unrelated case that what Andrew Johnson did, removing Stanton, uh, a cabinet member without the approval of Congress, was constitutionally permissible. So Andrew Johnson did nothing wrong, and he certainly did nothing impeachable. And yet we almost went into the rabbit hole of impeaching somebody without a constitutional basis. And that's what led some people like Gerald Ford and others to say, the only criteria for impeachment is if a majority of the House wants it. The only criteria for removal is if two-thirds of the Senate want it. Wrong. Both the House and the Senate take an oath to support the Constitution. They can't just willy-nilly ignore the words of the Constitution. No, the only appropriate basis for impeaching somebody is if they have committed treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. 500 law professors are wrong. Dershowitz is right. Uh, you cannot impeach a president constitutionally unless he meets one of those uh, criteria. And, um, and uh, Trump didn't meet those criteria. And of course, Biden isn't even close to meeting those uh, criteria. So be careful what you wish for. Um, Democrats who wished for uh, expanding the criteria for impeachment will now forget what they said uh, and they'll come to completely different conclusions. I assure you, Professor Lawrence Tribe will figure out a way of saying the opposite of what he said when Trump was impeached and, and, and which he wanted. He wanted to impeach him even before he got into office and will somehow discover that those arguments were wrong when applied to uh, President uh, Joe Biden, who he supports in and likes. Um, and Republicans will do the opposite, as they did with the nomination of Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court. Remember what Republicans did. They said, oh, no, you can't nominate Garland. It's eight months before a presidential election. No, you can't nominate the Supreme Court justice. Eight months? That's on the eve of an election? No, don't do it. Wait till the next president. Then what happens? A vacancy occurs. And the same Republicans nominate to the Supreme Court, Justice Barrett, a week, 10 days. I mean, on the eve of the election. Whoops, whoops. We forgot. Uh, we were wrong. Oh, there's a difference because we have the votes you don't. 
that's not a constitutional basis for making decisions. Uh, I have to tell you, the, the motto of Congress should be, you know, hypocrisy overall. Uh, that's the dominant criteria, partisanship. I mean, one of the reasons you know, I wrote my book, The Price of Principle, is that nobody is doing things based on principle anymore. Not the Democrats, not the Republicans. And uh, I'm sticking to principles. And it's gotten me into a lot of trouble, but that's the price you have to pay for being a person of, of principle. I don't mind paying that price. I have a thick skin, but my children have paid that price. My wife has paid that price. Um, and uh, that's not the way uh, America was supposed to be governed. We should be able to talk to each other and have disagreements and maybe even persuade each other. I had an interview today by a very, very prominent interviewer. And at the end of the interview, he said to me, I really enjoyed this interview because you changed my mind about a number of issues. And that's rare today to have somebody change their mind on the basis of facts, on the basis of law, on the basis of anything other than which side are you on? Which side do you want? Or you get Trump or you get Biden. We can't be both. Uh, we can't be don't get either Trump and or Biden. We have to be get Trump, but not Biden, get Biden, but not Trump. That's the terrible state we're in today. And I very, very much worry uh, about that. Um, there are obviously efforts now to prevent Trump from uh, running for election again on the mistaken view that if he were to be prosecuted, even convicted or even imprisoned for a crime, that he couldn't run. Maybe he wouldn't, but he could. The Constitution only provides four criteria. For running for president, you have to be 35, born in America, not fought in the Civil War against the Union, and there has to have been no removal by the Senate with the addition of the claim that he couldn't ever run for office again. And none of that's happened. And so uh, President Trump, if he gets the nomination, uh, can run. I'm, I'm looking forward to voting against him for the third time. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a liberal Democrat. Um, and, um, and I will continue to vote Democrat as long as they don't nominate uh, extremists uh, from uh, the left who are as dangerous as extremists from, from the right. But even if they do, and even if an extremist president is elected, one who I vote against and one who I oppose, I'm not going to support impeachment unless the constitutional criteria are met. Now, what if, what if, the Justice Department manages to produce evidence against President Trump that he deliberately has obstructed justice. In the most recent filing the other night, um, it, it uh, says that uh, they have evidence that the president may have destroyed documents. You know, if there is evidence that the president deliberately, willfully destroyed documents uh, that were under subpoena and were uh, subject to being uh, put in the archives, you know, that might come close to being um, uh, an impeachable offense. Obstruction of justice is a very serious crime, and it also meets the Nixon standard. That's what he was among the things he was indicted for. Of course, doesn't meet the Clinton test. Um, you know, there have been allegations, and I don't know whether they're true or not. I've seen them in the press, and I've seen them disputed, and I'm not privy to the information, but you know, if you hear Hannity um, on Fox, he always says that Hillary Clinton 
destroyed thousands of emails and bleached her hard drive and all of that. I don't know whether that's true. And I don't know whether it was her or an aide. And I don't know whether it was under subpoena. But if there's going to be uh, an investigation and a possible indictment of future candidate Trump on the ground uh, that he obstructed justice by destroying uh, classified or other documents, then you have to compare the evidence in that case to the evidence in the Clinton case that didn't result in a criminal indictment. You can't have one rule for a Democratic presidential candidate and another rule for a potential Republican uh, candidate. So, you know, my hope is that impeachment goes back in behind, you know, there's always that thing where you have a special uh, hammer behind the glass, uh, break only in cases of emergency. That's impeachment. And we've broken that glass too often. Um, I hope it won't be broken again uh, for, for Joe Biden. The Biden case seems like the easiest case in the world. There's not even an allegation. In, 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 in the Trump case, there was an allegation that he had a quid pro quo with Ukraine, and maybe that constitutes, if not technical bribery, a form of bribery. Certainly wasn't the right thing to do in the January 6th case. You know, there are allegations, again, they don't rise to the level of crime, uh, that when he made that speech, maybe he provoked, uh, even though he was within his constitutional rights when he said that the people should go to protest peacefully and patriotically. But with Biden, there's not even a claim that he did anything close to being criminal. The only claim is that they disagree with his policies on the wall. They disagree with his policies on Afghanistan. Now they say they disagree with his policy on um, uh, having the loans forgiven. Uh, you can disagree with that, so don't vote for him. But those are not impeachable offenses. And what we're seeing is these Republicans, and there are others, I think there are eight resolutions now uh, pending, which will obviously not be taken up, by Republicans and probably dozens and dozens of Republicans who today would support impeachment without even a claim that it's permissible under the Constitution because they can't. Well, they can't now, but maybe they can if they do gain control of the House. Probably a good reason for voting against Republicans who are running for the House. We don't want to see a repeat of Clinton, of, uh, of Trump one or Trump two. I think what we want to see is a repeat of elections, uh, legitimate elections, fair elections that determine who the next president should be, not some bureaucratic decision by an attorney general or a grand jury decision by a grand jury that would indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor told it to. So democracy, the rule of law require that Joe Biden not be impeached and that he continue to serve out his term. And if he's nominated to be to run for reelection, he'd be permitted to do so. The same is true of Trump. He should be allowed to proceed unless there are serious criminal charges uh, against him. And we, the American public, should be allowed to vote for him or against him. I'm going to vote against him. I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. If Joe Biden runs again, not that I agree with everything he's ever done or said, not that I disagree with everything that Donald Trump has done and said, but I'm a Democrat. And as a Democrat, I'm going to continue to vote for a woman's right to choose, uh, gay marriage, uh, climate control, gun, reasonable gun control, uh, separation of church and state, uh, and a range of other issues that I support and the Democratic Party supports and the Republican Party doesn't. As I've said over and over again, 
if I were living in England, I'd be a conservative. I'd vote for the conservative party because the Labour Party is extreme and anti-Semitic when it was headed by uh, Corbyn. Uh, and because the uh, conservative party is not the Republican Party. They support gay marriage. They su they're against the death penalty. They support separation of church and state. Uh, they support a woman's right to choose abortion. They are not social conservatives. They are economic and foreign policy conservatives. And I could vote for that, but I can't vote for the current Republican Party with its agenda that denies uh, so many basic and fundamental rights to people. So, you know, I'm sure many of you out there disagree with me. That's what America's about. Disagree, write me letters. I'll vote for who I think is going to be, if not the best president, the least worst president, if not the best party, the least worst party. And you vote for who you think is the least worst or the best. And let's continue to talk to each other. All right. Now to some letters. <coughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of horse throat. Well, this letter follows precisely from what I've just been saying. Alan, I don't get you. I watched so many of your videos. I've watched with with dismay. I, I've watched your dismay at how you're treated by your fellow Democrats. All true. I've seen more than one video that you've had put on stating that the Biden administration are doing things that are unconstitutional. Right. What I do not even remotely understand is how you could say in your last video that you did not vote for Donald Trump twice and that you would vote for Joe Biden again if he ran. WTF. What the. How can I keep respecting your intelligence when you say things like that? It really makes no sense. It makes all the sense in the world for the reasons I've just given you. Uh, I support the platform of the Democratic Party. I support the agenda of the Democratic Party. I strongly, strongly oppose the agenda of the Republicans. Hey, Republicans, you want my vote? Very easy. Stop denying women the right to have an abortion. Stop denying gays the right to marry, follow the conservative party in Britain, and you'll probably get my vote. But you're not going to get my vote if you keep denying basic and fundamental rights. Um, I, I, even though I think the Democrats are doing some bad things, uh, they're less worse than the Republicans, at least in terms of their platform. Look, I think Donald Trump did some terrific things in the Middle East. Uh, and if I were a one-issue voter, I would vote for Trump, but I'm not a one-issue voter. I vote on the totality of circumstances, and that totality leads me to continue to vote for Democrats and against Republicans. Disagree with me, but it certainly makes sense. It makes sense to me. Watching Allen, the ever-enlightened master of constitutional law, is amusing. He openly admitted the election was stolen, but not stolen enough to change the outcome that says it all. It's not what I said. The election was not stolen. The election was absolutely fair. Uh, Joe Biden won an uh, overwhelming majority of the popular vote and a pretty substantial electoral college victory. I do think the Pennsylvania vote was improper, that the governor of Pennsylvania under the Constitution had no power to extend the days of voting. It wouldn't have made a difference in the outcome of the Pennsylvania case. Yes, I saw a thousand mules, but it didn't persuade me. It persuaded me there are problems. It persuaded me there are problems with voting machines. It persuaded me there are problems with absentee voting, uh, too broadly permissible. Um, it, it persuaded me of a lot of things uh, showing problems with our electoral system. But the one thing it didn't persuade me 
is that the election was stolen. It was not stolen. And one of the reasons I refused to defend President Trump in his second impeachment is I didn't want to be associated in any way with the claim that the election was stolen. I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. And I wouldn't advocate it or support it. Okay. Happy 84th birthday, Mr. Dershowitz. Hey, I got about another six hours to go. Um, I must tell you that I am concerned about our inevitable post-Dershowitz period. Hey, come on, give me a break. I'm only 84. Let's stop talking about post-Dershowitz. Enough trouble. I have to get insurance policies. The insurance policy only goes until I'm 95. So I have to make sure I die before I'm 95. Otherwise, my family will be deprived of the benefits unless I get a new policy that keeps me going until 120, 120. I'm not going to go until 120, but stop talking about post-Dershowitz. I'm still around, but I get your point. Who are your choices to carry on in your stead? Uh, there are many who pervert the Constitution, Lawrence Tribe, for example, and he's not at your level, of course, but who do you think is most like yourself? Well, you know, I, everybody hopes they're unique and nobody is is like me, but there are lots of young uh, people out there, some of my former research assistants, some of my um, colleagues, many of them uh, liberal Democrats, but those who support the Constitution. So I'm not worried about what will happen in the post-Dershowitz uh, period. I would just like to keep it pre-post-Dershowitz for as long as reasonably possible. But thank you for your birthday wishes. I really, really appreciate that. I'm taking my wife out tomorrow to a wonderful dinner at one of our favorite restaurants. Uh, no television, no media, just a good glass of Brunello. And um, my wife made me the most beautiful birthday present. She made a album of pictures of us from essentially the day we met through our marriage uh, through today. And she presented it to me for my birthday. And I just love her so much uh, for doing it. It's a heck of a lot better than just going and buying something in a store, which is what I tend to do. But I'm pretty good at buying presents, too. But I don't buy them for particular days because I, you know, I go to flea markets and I go to antique shops and I shop all over. And, and I if I see something good, I get it. And I, I can't hold back. I give it to the person even before their birthday. So I'm not a good birthday giver but I'm a good general giver. Dershowitz is really straining to include the Republicans as extremist totalitarians. Representative Green wanted to impeach him for his totalitarian views, not because she is some totalitarian. The truth is that totalitarianism is in fact a leftist ideology. The further you right you go, the less government and control over liberty. The further left you go, the more government control. That is a fact. The so-called moderates on the left need to quit denying this. Well, I'm a moderate on the left, and I deny it. Uh, certainly, the right wing in Italy moved us to uh, fascism and to the denial of free speech and to totalitarianism. Obviously, the worst example was uh, Nazi Germany. You're right about communist Russia and communist China. They were extreme left, and they were totalitarians. My point is that neither the left or the right has a monopoly on totalitarianism, both extremes. And I do include uh, Congresswoman Green in that, in that view. She wanted to impeach Biden before he got into office. That's pretty extreme and that's pretty unconstitutional. So, um, you know, my goal is to make sure that 
the extremes of both parties are, are marginalized and rejected in the court of public opinion, and that uh, we move on to uh, having uh, uh, more centrist government, more centrist people. And so I hope you'll join me in that. Uh, by next week, there'll be more news and more things to talk about. So please join me again next week when I'll be 84 years old.